Loved, cherished, comforted. Welcome to the podcast ministry of Our Resolute Hope, where you will find grace, not just a concept or a doctrine of grace, but a person, a person whose name is Jesus, a person who brings hope, a determined, resolute hope that can sustain you and empower you to live courageously in this fallen world. Join us now as we learn more about Jesus, our Savior, our Lord, and our life. Hello again. Merry Christmas from the Our Resolute Hope podcast. John Russin here, your host, with my dear friend, Pastor Frank Friedman. How are things on your end, sir? We're doing pretty good, John. It's a world that'll empty your soul, but we have a God who will fill it. And John, I just want to share with you, we didn't even have a chance to talk. I've had people who are listeners contacting me, thanking us for the ministry of the podcast. Some have called it their lifeline as they're out there in a world that they weren't designed to live in. It's just been a real blessing to hear from people that they're being ministered to in the midst of their journey through the trenches of a fallen world. So thank you, my friend, for hosting this and putting this together. And through this age we live in, allowing us to go into people's living rooms and in their cars with them and and share truth. So thank you, John. Oh, my goodness. It's a privilege and a joy and a treat to hear those reports. So we will trust this episode as we do everyone, Frank, into our Father's hands. Mm -hmm. And as you know, my friend, over the past number of weeks, we've been talking about forgiving others, those who wound us. Mm -hmm. And we've covered a lot of different topics, the need to forgive, some confusion around forgiveness. We've talked about what it means that we're to forgive as God in Christ has forgiven us. And then the mm. last couple of weeks, we changed gears a little bit and we began to ask the question, why? Why did God command us to forgive? And we focused on two thoughts. Uh, the first was for the sake of our own personal holiness, so we don't sin. And the second was because of our own personal emotional health. And so, Frank, as I'm Reviewing these notes and getting ready for today, I'm looking back on these benefits, you know, for our personal holiness and because of our emotional health. And we might assume that most people will be lining up to forgive those who <laughs> offend them. But that's not so, is it? Oh, John, there's a sense, and it's true, our personhood gets violated when someone wounds us like that. Some people have written books on these called boundaries, you know, that we have boundaries. I prefer to call them the rights of personhood. Because we were made in the image of God, we were designed to be treated with courtesy, respect, honor, kindness, gentleness. And so when somebody doesn't do that, uh, it is a violation of our personhood. The problem is that we react instead of respond. And reactions are anger-filled, a desire for justice that's sometimes 
how should I say this, magnified beyond reality. <laughs> we want our pound of flesh. We want revenge, all those kind of things. And so those emotions get in the way and keep us from forgiving, from doing the thing that is the very best thing we could do for ourselves. And so this has been a very important podcast, John, and I hope people are being liberated to function according to who they are and walk in this wonderful gift from God called forgiveness to set themselves free, not only from what was done to them, but also in a very real way from the people who did those things so that they can love those people. And that always means you pursue their highest and best which may mean you end up uh, confronting them and calling them to accountability for what they did. It's not an easy road, this thing called forgiveness, John. It's a very complex issue. Oh, it is, and it's painful to walk. But Frank, I would think that unwillingness to forgive others is probably among the greatest hindrances Mm -hmm. to experiencing our abundant life in Christ. It's almost as if we put up these barricades and we just define a line and said, no, I'm not going there. And so the life of Christ just doesn't really penetrate as much as it should. And as I've thought about this, Frank, and it's so widespread. And the reason I know this is because I've talked to a lot of people and I've looked at my own life. I'm convinced, my friend, that this is really a very active area of spiritual warfare. Because oh, yeah. our Father wants us to forgive. In fact, Ephesians 4, he commands it for our own good. The Holy Spirit never stops encouraging us to do it. But Frank, there's another voice in there. And this is where I want to start with our episode today. There's another voice involved, a voice that tries to convince us that forgiving our offenders is the worst possible idea, totally contrary to what our Father tells us. And my friend, this voice of the enemy can be very loud, can't it? Definitely, John. And we know he is basically the function he functions in is antichrist. And that's a twofold deal. Not only against Christ, which anti means, but instead of Christ, which anti also means. So when Christ speaks, he's going to speak that which is against, but by offering something instead of. And it'll be a lot of truth mixed with a little bit of lie that turns it into absolute lie, because truth is absolute. So it's either absolute truth or absolute lie and nothing in between. And there's a lot of lies told about forgiveness. In our recent commentary on Galatians that was just published a few days ago, we made the statement that it takes only one drop of poison to turn a glass of water into an entire glass of poison. It's Mm -hmm. not a glass of water with a little bit something extra added. (laughs) It's poison. We all have to be careful because our enemy will speak to us in such a convincing voice. We'll think it's our own voice Mm -hmm. telling us why we shouldn't do this. But you know, Frank, scripture calls him the father of lies. And because of that, he will do anything. He will offer us any number of counterfeits to forgiving others. Things that look good, that sound holy, that feel so right. 
in an effort to entice us to do just about anything but forgive those who've wounded us and then to dupe us into thinking we've already forgiven when we haven't. Mm. And my friend, that's where I want us to begin focusing today, his efforts to dupe us. Now, you've seen who knows how many people in your counseling office. How many of them do you think struggle with unforgiveness with regards (laughs) to wounds they've received from others? John, probably all of us, we just don't recognize it. I don't know where you're going to start, but right here off the bat, there is a lie that a lot of people believe that time heals the wound. And, oh, that was 30 years ago. And you know what, John? The emotions probably came down after 30 years, but that's not forgiveness because forgiveness is a choice of the will, an act of the will. And just because you feel better about what happened to you doesn't mean you've forgiven. And that'll fester in there and push the right button and it's going to come out. So I think probably most of us have areas of our life where we think we've forgiven and we haven't. But I've met some people who have forgiven and don't realize they have because of all the emotional baggage that's tied up with being wounded. So I'm looking forward to this. Where are we going first? All right. Well, I want to pick the first one because it seems like this is very commonly found on the lips of many. And the first lie is forgiveness is not forgetting. They look at Jeremiah 31, which is quoted in Hebrews chapter 8. So if it's in two parts of scripture, it's got to be true. And it says, God remembers our sin no more. So they said, well, if I remember the sin, I can't possibly forgive it. Mm. Okay, so let's jump in on unpacking what that phrase really means. Now, when it says God remembers our sin no more, God doesn't have amnesia, Frank. No, sir. He knows everything. So unpack for us, what does that really mean? John, we know that forgiveness means restoration. It means that the debt, we know from Colossians chapter 2, has been canceled. So God forgave the debt that we owed because of our sin. So the debt has been paid. It doesn't mean that God says, oh, what debt? What are you talking about? I never knew there was a debt. Like you said, he doesn't have amnesia. So all you have to do to prove this is go to John 21. We know that Peter denied the Lord three times. Well, the Lord Jesus asked him three times around a campfire do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? And Peter obviously knew what was going on there. So it's not that God forgets. It's that God promises to never hold it against you again. He doesn't bring it up for the purpose of condemning you, accusing you, belittling you, shaming you. All that was all taken away at the cross. And all you got to do is go back to that account in John 21 with Peter. It wasn't that God was beating him up. He was telling him, you're still my guy. Because every time Jesus asked that question, do you love me? He then said, feed my sheep, which Peter had been called to do before he fell. So it wasn't Jesus condemning him. 
It was Jesus affirming him that no matter how great your sin was, Peter, you're still my chosen vessel. So God was remembering the sin, but not for the purpose of condemnation. But could it be, John, actually for the purpose of a commendation? You're still my chosen guy. It's beautiful, John. Yeah, so it's not amnesia, but neither is it bringing him up to throw him in your face. God may bring it up, but it's for the purpose of growing you up in his marvelous grace and finished work. Isn't that beautiful? It certainly is. So that means, Frank, that it's perfectly okay to recall the hurt clearly mm -hmm. and still choose to forgive despite mm -hmm. all that the enemy might be screaming in our brain that it hurts mm -hmm. so much. And as we both know, some wounds can be so deep, they might take years to mm -hmm. heal. They might not ever fully heal. But the greater news is that we can find freedom by forgiving our offender as we go along the process of healing. And so it's important, the idea of a process, sometimes it takes a long time. It sure yeah. does. John, for people to say, you need to forget, that's calling us to do beyond what God does. God doesn't forget. He just chooses to not bring it up again. And so what's happened to a lot of people is because they can't forget, they think they haven't forgiven. And that's horrible because it puts them in a, a place of perpetual bondage. And so like you said, the feelings may never go away. It doesn't mean you haven't forgiven. And you said a very key word, John, process. And here's, I think, one of the things we definitely need to make sure our listeners hear today. Forgiveness is an event. It takes place at a moment in time. You exercised your will, you made the choice, and you did it. Now, here's the key. Now it's going to be a process to walk in the forgiveness that you've granted because the enemy's going to bring up the memory. And when he brings up the memory, you're going to get the feelings. And then you're going to think, maybe I didn't forgive. No, no, no. You did. Now you walk in the forgiveness you've already exercised. When the enemy brings that up, you say, yes, I chose to forgive and I'm learning to receive and work on the emotions that were so devastatingly connected to that wound. John, the illustration I would use is marriage. At a given point in time, you and Terry stood before a preacher type and he said, do you? You said, yes. Terry, do you? Yes. And he said, bam, you're married. But I guarantee, and you know, you spent 40 plus years learning how to be married. <laughs> and, and that's how it is with forgiveness. We make a choice. It's done. Now we learn how to walk in it. Yeah. You know, when it comes to marriage and forgiveness, I think I've made it up to chapter three, but it's a thick book, my <laughs> friend. There's another person that keeps bringing this up to us. 
And that could very well be ourselves. Mm -hmm. We can recall the hurt vividly, but if we continually set our minds on that offense, it will continue to haunt us. And so we've got to do exactly what God does. He holds it up to us to condemn us no more. Mm. It's okay to remember it and say, Father, thank you that I've forgiven. But when we begin to hold it up to ourselves as a condemnation tool, we're stepping across the line and we're doing what God would never do to us. So sometimes like this, my friend, we can be our own worst enemy, can't we? Absolutely, John. Glad you brought that up. There's a dear friend of ours. You remember Dan Stone. And oh, yes. Dan is now with the Lord. But in his book, The Rest of the Gospel, he made a statement that really helped me in this and helped a lot of people. Let's apply what you just said. Somebody could say something like this. They hurt me really bad, but I forgave them. We could say the same statement this way. I forgave them, but they hurt me really bad. The key Dan pointed out is what comes after the but oh, yes. is where you really are in your walk. Uh, what comes after the but is what you're really believing. So the main issue needs to be kept second. We shouldn't be saying, oh, I forgave them, but boy, they really hurt me. That's setting your mind on the hurt. We need to reverse it. They really hurt me. Go ahead and embrace it. You can't forgive what you don't admit has been done. But make sure what comes after the but is, I chose to forgive them. Right. And preparation for this, my friend, the Holy Spirit took me to 1 Peter 5, hmm. where uh, Peter writes, cast our cares upon him because he cares for us. And of course, when you're looking at a wound that someone has given to you, that's a pretty big care. It can be mm. a weight, an incredible burden. And mm. so I begin to wonder, you know, what does that word cast really mean? Because as we all know, I'm a word geek. Mm. And cast means just that, to throw it away, to toss it far away from mm. you. And curiously, Frank, this is an active voice, which means you have got to do it. God mm. is not going to take our cares from us. Mm. He instructs us to give them to him as a choice we must make. Sometimes we've got to make that choice often to keep on giving him our cares. But you know, Frank, I followed this word trail a little further. And I wondered, as I often do, well, this is a cool word, cast. In Greek, it's epiripto. I'm sure you knew that, being the <laughs> fluent Greek linguist you are. And this word, cast, epiripto, appears only one other time in the New Testament. So, of course, when you see a word once or twice, you've got to ask why. And I found, Frank, it was in Luke 19. This is speaking of the young donkey Jesus rode as he entered Jerusalem. We call it mm -hmm. Palm Sunday, the triumphant entry. And the verse is this, and they brought the donkey to Jesus and they cast their garments upon the colt. And then the Holy Spirit just sort of slammed me and said, mm -hmm. do you realize, son, that by casting their cloaks 
their protection, their warmth, their safety by casting them on the back of that donkey. They were making a place for Jesus as king. And that if mm. every time we take our cares back, it's kind of like removing our cloak from the donkey and saying, no, I am not going to make a place in my life for Jesus to be Lord with this wound. Instead, mm. I'm going to decide what's right for me. I am the Lord of my life. I know better. And so I never saw that before, but in a very real way, mm. when we take the burdens back, we are denying a chance for Jesus to be the king mm. over this issue in our lives. I was pretty stunned by that, my friend. Yeah, that's interesting, John, because Jesus says, forgive that wound. And if we don't, we're saying, I'm going to keep this wound in direct contradiction to what he has said. And you're exactly right. At that point, we're focusing as the Lord. And Jesus asked that question in the Gospels. Why do you call me Lord if you're not going to do what I say? And he said it for our best interests. But what's going to happen is, you know, instead of burying the hatchet, we're going to hold on to the handle <laughs> so we can pull it back out again and use it when necessary. Oh, that's right. But we're really having ourselves for lunch. We're going to be a repeated victim. And it's a victimizing by our own hand because we refuse to follow the words of our king who knows best for us. Good I, word. That's right. As I looked at what happened during that triumphal entry, and of course, a few days later, there he is on trial, then he's crucified, then he's resurrected, and then the church begins. And now here we are 2,000 years later, he is still building his church. He's taken 2,000 years to bring his plan for perfect fulfillment of the body of Christ and counting. We're not there yet. Mm -hmm. And so the point that struck me is that it takes time. We mm -hmm. need to leave the timing of our healing in Jesus' hands. He knows best what, when, where, and how to finally deliver us from this. And we've got to trust him to do that. Mm -hmm. And with that, my friend, wrap us up. Well, John, I'll just give some personal commentary. I grew up in an alcoholic home, and there's a lot of baggage that comes with that. And then the baggage that a fallen world brings to your door and betrayals and deception and bullies and all that kind of thing. I have personally forgiven everything that I can bring to my mind. I think I've really been healed of maybe 80, 85% of it. There's still some wound. There are still those times when the enemy will bring something to my memory or I bring it to my own memory. It pops up, a button gets pushed, triggered, and there's the memory. And it still hurts, agonizingly hurts in many ways. And you wonder, say, Father, when is it finally going to heal? I will say this. We may carry those wounds to the grave but we will carry them no further. And that's our great hope. That's our great confidence, John. Paul had a thorn. He said, take it away, take it away, take it away. And I don't think he said it three times. I think it's a Greek idiom. I think he means over and over and over. And because when you hurt, you don't stop saying, take it away. 
But then the Lord said, son, you're going to keep this wound because it keeps you weak. And when you're weak, you trust me for strength. And at that point, Paul said, well, then leave the thorn and bring on whatever else you need to keep me weak so I can be strong in you. And that's kind of what I do with my own wounds, John. I would like God to take them away. Most he has, some he hasn't. And it keeps you dependent and you find him in a way you never knew him. And you find that he's enough. That's not a Pollyanna answer, my friend, but it is the truth. Well, friends, you've been listening to the Our Resolute Hope podcast. And if this is a ministry to you in any way, if Father's reached out and touched your heart, and you want to support the podcast, we invite you to do so. Please go to our website. You'll find us at OurResoluteHope.com. There are lots of resources there to help you focus on the incredible truth of Jesus Christ as your very life. And of course, in the upper right-hand corner, there's a donate button. But even if you don't, Uh, We invite you to pray for us. Lift us up so that we will have wisdom and discernment as to how to proceed with this ministry. You can follow us on all of our social media platforms. Frank manages Facebook and I create all the Instagram. So if you like those, thank you. If not, well, give me some hints. I'll do better. (laughs) YouTube channel is there as well. And as always, we close with this very same reminder from Hebrews chapter six, that we have an anchor. No matter how we feel, how emotionally wounded we are, how turbulent life might seem. We have an anchor for our soul. That's a living hope, Peter calls it. Frank and I call it a resolute hope. And so today and always, choose that hope and choose Jesus. Oh, amen. Thanks for listening. We trust that you've seen Jesus today. And you know that no matter what you're facing, he offers you himself, his own life. He wants to live his life with you, in you, and through you as you trust him and walk by faith in this troubled world. You've been listening to Our Resolute Hope Podcast. For more information, find us online at OurResoluteHope.com and check out our social media channels under the name Our Resolute Hope.